Welcome back to the Seat Struck Movie Podcast. It is February 6, 2022. And if you can believe it, it's a Sunday again. And my name is Curtis. I'm here with John. Hello, everyone. Great to be here. And Quinn. Hello, hello. And it's not just any Sunday. It's a very special Sunday because today... We're not looking at one movie. We're looking at several movies. We're talking about the our favorite car chases in cinema history. So stay tuned. We've got a lot to talk about today. So what did you? What is your favorite car chase film, John? Yeah, well, uh, thank thank you, uh, Mr. Lynch. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, for, I think for this episode too, and I think my favorite car chase movie. I was kind of thinking about this at, like at the higher level, and I was thinking there's sort of like two two types of like car chase movies there's like an a and b the first one is like a movie whose like tire premise is pretty much about car chases the whole movie is about car chases the whole movie has the cars are part of the movie like it's a car movie and there's movies out there that are that are not really car movies or even maybe even really car chase movies but car a car chase scene or an extended car chase scene plays like a really important part um, in the movie or sort of like one of the more classic scenes in the movie. I'm kind of skipping ahead to our honorable mentions, but for the second one, I think of something like the Blues Brothers, which the Blues Brothers, not really a car chase movie. It's like a comedy, but probably has one of the most famous car chase scenes of all time in the movie. So uh, yeah, today, um, this is a fun special topic one. We're just talking our favorite car chase movies. I think we've all picked about three of them and we'll go through some, uh, Little little honorable mentions at the end. I guess to kick things off, I'll start off with a uh, with an older one, and this is one I saw back in 2020. And uh, this this one's called, of course, Death Race 2000, the 1975 film. Um, this one's fun because it was also produced by Roger Corman. As you'd expect, this is uh, an exploitation film. And going into this film, I was like expecting some real like schlocky exploitation film. You know, lots of unnecessary nudity, lots of you know extreme violence. And this movie certainly delivers like there's actually there's like tons of of uh, just naked women in this and like <laughs> Sylvester Stallone's in this. He plays like an abusive boyfriend and like it's pretty rough to watch at some parts. And it is it does have that sort of 70s edge to it. Um, but I was actually really impressed by this film. This film is sort of like um, think of it as sort of like a mix between like Wacky Races. If you know that show, the cartoon Wacky Races meets sort of like the purge meets the Hunger Games. Like it takes place. This film takes place in this sort of future America following um, the events that happened in the end of the 70s, like the recession and the oil crisis. Um, the U.S. is now controlled by this total- totalitarian regime. And uh, to ensure that the population is kind of happy with everything, every year they run this giant transcontinental road race uh, a race across the country in high-powered cars involving death destruction and you also get bonus points for killing pedestrians as well too and uh the drivers all have these kind of cool that's why i kind of called it like wacky races because the drivers have all these kind of cool personas and uh and outfits um the main character is played by david carradine he's this protagonist he's called frankenstein he's sort of this mysterious figure that wears like a like leather and kind of fabric mask it's alleged that he was um 
disfigured this horrific injury so he like kind of keeps he's kind of very this this kind of mysterious character um and there's a whole bunch of different characters like Sylvester Stallone's this movie playing uh, Machine Gun Joe he's sort of this like rough and tough guy there's a, a couple of folks that are playing like cowboys there's also a couple that are neo-nazis and they literally go up to the crowd and start like you know doing the, the hail Hitler salute and like and the whole crowd <laughs> does it and uh at the same time this is all going on uh, there's this whole underground resistance movement led by uh, uh, Thomasina Payne and in the movie. She's a direct uh, descendant of Thomas Payne, one of the founding fathers, and they're planning to rebel against the regime. So her granddaughter, Annie Smith, is actually secretly joins the race as Frankenstein's navigator. And that kind of kicks off the film. Um, yeah, what's cool about it is mentioned, like I was kind of going into it, watching this for the first time, thinking, OK, this is Roger Corman, Bruce, going to be pretty schlocky, lots of naked women. It's going to be kind of dumb. But this movie was so it had such a really good social political edge to it. And like you could just see this movie, like all of the films, like The Hunger Games and The Purge, and any sort of like battle royale style movie like or, or series kind of really owes itself uh, to this one. So I, I really enjoyed it. I'm, I'm aware as well. There's also like a really bad, I think, like remake that came out in the 2000s, like Death Race 2000. Oh, I heard, yeah, I heard the horror stories about that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't think those are as good. But this one, I, I was frankly impressed by it. Like, I thought it was just really fun to watch the act, like the, the car chases in this and the, the violence is is just so wacky and crazy. And I, I think the movie does kind of um, lose itself a bit as it goes on. It kind of becomes a little bogged down. But I really I was really struck by it. And it's just funny to watch this show, this series about the, you know, this like future America where everyone's like embracing, embracing like neo-Nazis and stuff like that. And it's like, wow, you know, <laughs> it, we, we look at that we're like, wow, the far future. It's so crazy. We can't perceive any world like that. It's like it's it's a lot closer to reality than we think. But yeah, really great performance as well by David Carradine in this. Have any of you, got, have any of you guys seen uh, Death Race 2000 before? No, I think I've seen yeah. cl- clips of it and I've heard of it, but I actually haven't watched it yet because I find, I mean, I like to check it out actually because I find some of Corbin's <clears> stuff <throat> is kind of hit or miss, you know, but this is the one, definitely yeah. one that I, I kind of want to check out. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. How about uh, since you kicked it kicked us off, Curtis, uh, why, why don't you pick uh, your first movie as well too? Yeah, so I have, uh, well, I've actually picked out two Mad Max films today because I really like the Mad Max choreography nice. and stuff too. Uh, the first one I'll go with is Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior. So it's also called colloquially The Road Warrior 2. So this is the second Mad Max film. I actually like this one a lot more than the first ones. The first one, the the first kind of three three movies has uh, Mel Gibson as Mad Max too. He's a kind of iconic, you know, and the second one is where he has this kind of iconic look. He has where it's like yeah. a knee brace and leather and the shotgun and the V8 and he's got his little dog too and you know it's just great from that opening scene too i mean there's so many good car chase films in the movie too and then this kind of again dystopian future kind of like death race too where um you know they're all fighting over a gasoline they live in this kind of uh, i mean the whole <laughs> the whole world looks like the outback <laughs> and they yeah. yeah there we go quinn has it on vhs is that beyond thunderdome yeah this oh, is nice. beyond yeah. thunderdome but i Very had the cool. first uh you know what I, we need to take a moment of silence because i had the first mad max on vhs and my cat jumped up on the ledge and I had it sort of hanging off my shelf and it fell like five feet. And the, the plastic inside the tape broke and it like ruptured the tape. So like, Oh shit. I might even have it somewhere, but like, it's uh yeah, it's no good. I was a sad panda for about two yeah. days. Oh, okay. do you have the first two on, on VHS? Or like, do you have the second one on VHS too, or just the third one? The, the no, I, I don't have Mad Max 2. I've been on the hunt for it, but I'll find it. 
I keep keep yeah let me know if you find it that'd be really cool yeah, yeah. i always love like the, the cover art of those vhs ones too but yeah i actually like the second one more than the first one yeah um and i find too i mean it's kind of rare to find like a, an 80s sequel that's better than the first one but i think they just do so much interesting things with it too and obviously they have that little intro where they recap the first movie too but i mean there's not a lot of con- congruity between the two films except for like mad max's appearance and he goes to uh, help out this oil refinery and they're being terrorized by this kind of batshit gang of um you know berserkers and and uh um you know they all wear these weird like snm outfits too so i, yeah. I don't know what's up with that they're like mechanics and snm characters yeah, in the, and, in the uh, extreme future everyone just wears like leather and like studs and everything like yeah and then everyone the extreme future, and they, you know yeah. just take all the stuff from the the gay leather bar and yeah yeah everyone's like wardrobe. well we're going full bdsm you know that's going to be our fashion outfit now you know yeah, and like the, the the main villain is called like the the Lord Humongous. <laughs> like okay, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just such a great movie, and I, I mean I love that opening scene too. You know where they're just they're fighting, and then you know they get Wes the the, the batshit crazy biker guy, and he's like pulling the arrow out of his leg. He's like ah, and it's it's so cool when you watch for the first time. But the 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 one chase that really stayed with me was at the end. Um, they're escaping uh, like they cross they create this uh, Mad Max creates this diversion too so he has this gas gas uh, truck filled with uh, an 18 wheeler filled with gasoline you, you think so he, he goes out to kind of uh, cause the the maniacs on the bikes to like go after him too and meanwhile they create a diversion so all the people in the refinery can actually escape and go to the promised land and uh, yeah I, I just thought that was such a cool uh, it's just the way it's choreographed too and you know we have main character deaths and we have um you know, we have nitrous oxide and I mean, it's everything you could really want from a, a car chase scene too. You know, we have like the suspense too, you know, when you think that the, the wacko has been thrown over the the hood and he's actually, he's there and he grabs the kid's hand and you, you, you jump because you're just, you don't really see it coming. And um, yeah, I, I just, I loved everything about it too. I didn't, for a long time, I didn't really understand like how that, the, that chase ended because there's that scene where um, the Lord Humongous uses nitrous oxide and he like, crashes head first into the the tanker and i'm like how does that work uh, which i still don't fully understand i don't know if you guys have watched that movie and i don't really know i don't really know how he does that but i don't um, know maybe it, it's been so it. long since i've watched uh the older mad max movies like uh, of course the most recent one is the one i've, I've, I've seen and more, more recently and can remember but I, I do remember as a kid watching these and and uh yeah, I, I just love the world that's built in Mad Max of this sort of like mm. futurist, like it, it's futuristic, but still kind of living in the past. And and it just has such a great style to it, aesthetic. And it's inspired a lot of stuff. I mean, I, I think like something like Death Race 2000 is certainly a direct inspiration yes. for the original Mad Max. And it, from Mad Max and onward, you see that inspire a lot of other sort of, uh, you know, media, like something like even like the Fallout games and stuff like that owe a lot to the Mad Max for the sort of yeah. universe as well, too. And it's so like innovative too you know there's that one scene you know the, where the the feral kid has the the knife boomerang to like things like that like even like little household objects too yeah. very I mean, australian just, very australian very <laughs> yes. very uh yeah very uh, intimate uh it's a very beautiful movie and i mean i don't like mel gibson but i thought he was really great in, in the role so obviously it's cool seeing tom hardy as as uh mad max too in, in fury road but i, I really I, I enjoyed uh seeing mel gibson in the role in the 80s you know before he was bat shit and just a well maybe he was an asshole back then too but uh you know it's, it's a great it's a classic movie and i think it holds up 
still pretty well as even if you don't like Mel Gibson that much yeah. um so yeah that's one of my favorite chase scenes uh, where they uh, drive the the gas tank at the end too and then the gas tank crashes and then you find it's filled with sand so he kind of he basically created this great diversion and all everyone escaped and then you know um the the villains ended up with sand so was, and uh, yeah they, they got rid of most of the the, the bad guys too so that's good nice. what about you Quinn you got you got baby Yoda today too so that's a bonus mm-hmm. he has a little plushie baby Yoda plushie so <laughs> nice. um little buddy <laughs> that's it um yeah so my first movie the first one that I'll go with is called The French Connection. Nice. Uh, now, The French Connection wa- came out in 1971. Um, it actually ended up beating out A Clockwork Orange for Best Picture. Mm-hmm. And um, it stars the fantastic Gene Hackman. And uh, it's basically about two Brooklyn police officers. And they get a tip that there's a heroin smuggling ring coming from france so they try to put a stop to it anyways uh it's directed by william friedkin who also did uh you know the exorcist um a few other beautiful movies actually matter of fact my second movie is also directed by friedkin um yeah uh phenomenal director uh but basically without spoiling it too much this car chase uh, involves Gene Hackman. He's driving this car, and in Brooklyn, the subway system sort of runs above the street. So it's kind of like street, and then you have the train tracks above you. <clears throat> and uh, you 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 see a lot of it in uh, Joker, actually, with um, Joaquin Phoenix. That sort of Brooklyn um, train line above the streets, and um, he's sort of driving in this car, and he sees a suspect. The suspect notices him, runs up the stairs and goes on the subway. Now, Gene Hackman is driving sort of Goodfellas style. And he's driving and he's looking up and he's following the train. So he's underneath and he's following the train. I swear to God, I think it might be the greatest car chase scene other than Bullet and a few other ones that Mm -hmm. I've ever seen um, in a movie. It's it won a ton of awards. You got to check it out. The movie, I mean, not just the car chasing because it's just so good. Worth your time. Yeah. Gene um, Hackman is so good in that movie too. I, he's I think so he's so good, man. He's <laughs> so good. Um, and I like, I only watched the movie because I thought the movie poster was super cool. I'm like, yeah. I know I'll <laughs> be able to see it, but like, you know, you just see uh, Gene Hackman at the bottom of these subway stairs like shooting this guy in the back yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like i remember just see, seeing that poster and being like oh like so captivated i'm like and i'm i'm really into new york city films so yeah. um yeah you got yeah. your new york city trip coming up soon too so you'll be, you'll uh, be yeah, all set I, for it. <laughs> I leave in like uh 11 days actually yeah nice. 11 days. cool yeah looking forward to that but um yeah, no, super cool car chase scene, like super badass movie. Um, yeah, I don't really know what else to say, but yeah, like um, John, what about you, buddy? What's your uh, what's your second film? Yeah, so my second film falls more into the camp of like the second type of movies I was talking about, movies that aren't really you know based on cars or car chases, but have a 
an important or big car chase scene. And my selection is the classic, The Matrix Reloaded, the sequel to the original Matrix movie. Um, I'm not going to talk too much in detail because I'm thinking we might actually, if not in one episode or in a series of episodes, we might talk in more detail about the Matrix series. So I'm not going to go full into the entire story, but just to give a quick synopsis, it's pretty much a direct sequel to the original Matrix. Um, and this one is cool because it actually, you know, rewatching it, you could see sort of the step up of CGI and animation. And I, I've, I've seen some people kind of look at this movie now and, and the, the third sequel and, you know, kind of see them as dated, but I really love the way they incorporate sort of animation into the films, even though it is dated, it does look so smooth and good. And even rewatching that classic, you know, Neo taking on like a thousand, you know, Agent Smiths or whatever, it still looks really captivating and fun to watch. But I picked this one because this movie has... Uh, an incredible highway chase scene that happens probably like guess in the third act of this film. Um, what's fa- what's what I know about it is that they actually built an entire highway um, to film this. So it's actually filmed with a proper highway built specifically for the scene. And I love this chase because there's just so many things going on in it. I love how it shifts from like different characters in different situations. Like we see like Trinity and, um, and Morpheus and the key master in the car. And, and we got the, these two figures, the twins are these sort of like white haired, white suited, like ghost figures that can kind of like teleport between sort of like different spaces. And it makes them intimidated to fight because they're always sort of, you feel like when you watch your, these characters fighting them, they never are in a position of power. They're almost always like trying to avoid them or, or they're kind of knocking them away and, and trying to get away. So I love this scene because I love how it shifts from different, you know, modes and perspectives they're in the car with the key master like getting shot at and then they're kind of all separated trinity's on the bike kind of catching up with them and there's a great of course sequence where they're on the truck and morpheus is fighting the twins while the key master is kind of uh hanging around the whole the whole thing is they're trying to kind of protect and, and save and rescue this key master figure who they're going after presumably to kill so it adds a lot of stakes too because not only are they in a big car chase trying to get the shot get shot they're also trying to protect this vulnerable figure as part of this movement against uh what's going on so i i just re-watching this i was so struck by how cool this sequence is and i think like it, from an action standpoint i think the second matrix movie probably has some of the best of that in the entire series um i have you i guess you guys have most likely seen uh, i don't know if quinn i don't think you've seen all, all the matrix sequels but i think uh i think curtis no. has like um i know yeah. uh, it might have been a while since you revisited but what what can you recall from the the big chase yeah I, well, I remember it was pretty cool because they yeah like the, those twins kind of like they t- like teleport <laughs> yeah around, they keep teleporting and stuff too so it's really cool in terms of choreography too um in terms of the quality i mean we'll i guess we'll talk about with the matrix films i don't remember as much because I, I really like the first matrix movie but after that it kind of goes downhill in my opinion but yeah i mean i think the chase the chase scene was one of the highlights too and i mean there's just so much going on with it visually uh, yeah. too and i think the wachowski sisters I mean, the way that they film it, too, is really cool, too. So I don't remember too many details about it, but I do remember I did like that part of the film, especially, too. And the the music is really like pounding. It's like, dun, 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 dun. Yeah, I think the Matrix Matrix films, like the first three have like such great music to them. And so then sometimes Mm. people forget. It's like they went went to like a rave and just got got all the best music. (laughs) Yeah, it oscillates between like, you know, rave, ecstasy, orgy, and like the dance floor movie, (laughs) Rob Zombie, and then like an incredible orchestral score, which like, you know, perfunctuates like all the action scenes and chase scenes and stuff like that. It's uh, that that was something I think that was, I don't want to get too much into the, the most recent movie, but like, the most recent movie when like the WB logo comes up, you get that great swelling and matrix score. I'm like, holy crap, it's happening. And then like the the score, the rest of the movie was just utterly unforgettable or forgettable. I was like, um, you know, I forget how much a score makes it. 
Yeah, cool. So that was my choice. Uh, how about yourself, Curtis? You have another uh, Mad Max movie. I yes, believe. another Mad. Yeah, another Mad Max. So yes. I loved uh, Fury Fury Road too. So I think you know Fury so Road sounded cool when it came out. Like I think we were all waiting a long time. It was in development hell, and it actually came out. And it actually like I think when everyone watched yeah. it, it was just it blew everyone's expectations. Yeah, by George Miller too, was, the original creator. Of the George Miller, too, yeah, cool. the the, the right. OG uh, you know Mad Max director. You know, so he's been hard at work and i think it's one of his best movies and um you know we have uh charlie's theron unrecognizable as furiosa she's great too and i think she's got her own kind of film coming out i was talking about her in one of my classes too because we were talking about more legends and um one of the characters in that too and she's kind of similar into this too and you know she's a very like, beautiful actress but they kind of like uh purposely like kind of uh tone her down to you know she has like a shaved head and like this metallic arm too and i mean she's just such a cool character so you like really appreciate her for a human being rather than just, than just being hot, you know, South African, you know, and I think um, I, I love this movie so much too. And there's so many good scenes. I mean, the whole movie is basically a, a chase scene. And I think yeah. George Miller does that so well. Cause I mean, he keeps you entertained the whole time too. And I mean, there's, there's so much to it. You know, there's that, those like kind of uh, cultist guys, you know, yeah. <laughs> and there's, you know, you can have, you can apply like definitely like a, an allegory maybe for the u.s too with donald trump i mean like immortan joe you can't watch it now and not see donald trump i think um <laughs> and uh and obviously there's um lots of cool stuff going on you know they got the the guy with the the flamethrower guitar yeah the flamethrower cool. guitar guy he's like he's like incorporated into the score of the movie when the camera's like panning over and you hear like the doom do 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 and you hear the guitar and you're yeah. like oh it's part of this the orchestral score but no it's it's a little bit of diegetic music in the film and he's like and like fire shooting out of man this or guy's movie. like hanging though eh like they yeah. have him, he's like chained up or like whatever funny yeah. fucking rubber bands and he's, he's, just, like, he's dressed so, like, like a, a gesture he's, or he's definitely not stable he's like kind of like floating around like <laughs> yeah in that world i worry about you know something not being strapped in properly or just something you know yeah, yeah i think Asha, there, there's safety regulations there so uh, aren't so good oh yeah no and it's, i i don't mean to maybe say something that you're about to say curtis but like it's just so funny no. that like, in in this film like there's two things that are like gold and it's gasoline and breast milk. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they, like how kind of breast milk is commodified then too. And there's a really interesting like feminist reading, I think, too, for the way that the women kind of all lead this yeah. kind of, you know, jackass, you know, <laughs> patriarchal guy to, you know, who's very much like Donald Trump too. And then, you know, we have obviously um, um, Furiosa's quest for revenge too. And I mean, there's so many narratives and so many story arcs going on, but I think George Miller makes it so interesting the whole time because I've talked to some people like my extended family really didn't like this movie and, and all the young people really liked it and I was like well you know they he takes this big chase scene and he adds so much to it and I think that's really a strength of a director if you can have a whole yeah. movie that's a chase scene and make it interesting there's fight scenes there's like there's drama there's like <laughs> I, revelations yeah. I love how you can almost geographically plot the entire movie over like a line like it really is like a linear chase movie like the entire movie yeah. is mm. like a, a big chase and I remember watching it I think it's near the end of the movie where they kind of get all the way where they're going to. And I think they end up like kind of basically turning around and like, I don't want to say, I guess it's spoiling the movie a bit, but like, it's, it's so cool. Like you could actually visually kind of think of, of the movie as this kind of giant, giant line. And it's, it's great how you can kind of get into that in that universe of the movie. And uh, I, I just think like some of the sequences are so visually impressive. Like I think a lot of people today mm -hmm. would still call this one of the best sort of blockbuster 
films oh, to come out because he's got I mean, like this, that orca- orchestra yeah. orchestral kind of uh, soundtrack to like oh and we saw that like recently <laughs> yeah and uh, you know parody recently with uh, the the space jam sequel with the friggin wily coyote is the witness me or whatever i, I saw that and then my brain <laughs> melted or whatever i'm like what is happening to the movies but yeah it, I, it makes me wonder if we are going to see uh, like I, as you mentioned, like there's going to be a Furiosa movie. I wonder if this is a series yeah. that's going to continue. I know they did like a there video was, game recently as well. Yeah, too, the, vi- but, the video uh, game was actually like I love the video game, and people are like, oh, it's just driving around all game. But I'm like, I would drive down through the outback like, <laughs> yeah, all game. And I'm happy with that. And you can like customize your car. I'm like destroying, you know, like Raiders never gets old. You know, yeah, so, you're like that's what I wanted, it, man. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. A, it's a great video game yeah. too. And I mean, I'm I'm I'll watch all the I'll watch all the Mad Max sequels. <laughs> I love yeah. this this stuff too. And you know, I one one other thing i love about that film too and i think it does it better than the the 81 film the uh, road warrior is that when you watch in theaters you can hear those like motors like right by your ears just you hear like the engines and stuff and like the the turbochargers and the nitrous oxide and like incredible yeah incredible so cool. fully work in the movie like it, it oh, just yeah. incorporates not just the score in the movie diegetic music but like just the sounds of everything happening because you mentioned the engines and the buzzing and the horns like yeah you feel like you're so like driving that. some little some little tank or something next to them yeah <laughs> or 18 wheeler <laughs> or something yeah so it's really cool without going into the dystopian future but yeah that's mm. i love both movies very much too I, I didn't like the first mad max so much and and i i you know thunderdome's okay but it's kind of fun to watch isn't it um but what did you, what about you quinn what was your second pick well i have to say before i go on to my next pick um mad max fury road is I would say probably in my top three of the 2010s. I always yeah, me too. It's like it could e- it could easily be like a canon film for me, like down the road. Um, mm-hmm. I saw it with my brother and his friend, and um, it was other than a few. 1917 was another one, but there there was a few films that I can remember in my adult life where I was sitting on the edge of my seat, literally, like a lot of people say that and they're like, they don't act They're you know, they're sitting back farting in their chair at AMC. <laughs> the, the, the fact of the matter is, is like when I saw Mad Max Fury Road, I was on the edge of my seat and I was like, like, you know, throwing popcorn in my face. Like I, I it was so <laughs> overstimulating when I saw it, I was just blown away. And like, um <laughs> i didn't feel I mean, so crazy because when the movie came out i ended up watching it like once a day for like three or four days like literally like i sat there and i'm like this is the best thing this might be one of my favorite movies of all time and then i saw a video of uh quentin tarantino and uh, they asked him oh, well what was your favorite movie of was it 2015 it came out so 2015 yeah yeah 2015 so they're like, what's your favorite movie of 2015? And he said, Mad Max Fury Road. He's like, I got a copy of it on 35 millimeter. And he's like, and I watched it in my house every day for like three days. He's like, he's like, I just watched it like four or five different times. And I'm like, okay, so I'm not the only crazy one because it's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so like, I'm, I'm a big Tom Hardy fan. Charlize Theron in it is just, Oh, I love her and everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's just so good, and um, it was so nice that year, especially to get a movie that was like a real yeah. blockbuster, and like that's a mm-hmm. real blockbuster film. And like I think 
Yeah, I felt I felt very similar too. Like you know when when Bla- the new Blade Runner Blade Runner twenty forty nine came out oh, too, and fuck. you hear like the the engines next to your ear, and it's so you know what's cool, funny. Man, like... That's so funny that you say that because that is in for me. That is in the same like mm-hmm. that's in the same family of like movies that I love, and like I'll be yeah. honest, from twenty fifteen to now, there's very few films that like mm. keep me up at night, if you will, and. Mad Max Fury Road is absolutely one of them. Absolutely one of them. Like mm-hmm. that, you know, Parasite. Like th- th- there's a few, but holy shit, man. What a... F- <laughs> it's it's a sequel we didn't think we needed, but we, you know, we're so glad it's here. You know? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, true. <laughs> that, that, that movie will stand the test of time. I, I remember showing my dad and my, my dad is sort of, he's a very appreciative man when it comes to films, but He's not like us. Like we're not gonna go through the the weeds and slay the dragons to get <laughs> gold. He just kind of, like, like I remember, I told him to watch Parasite, and like I'm like, if you fall asleep, I'm I'm pausing it. Yeah. And like, he fell asleep, and I paused it, and then he woke up, and he's like, he got a coffee brewed on the Keurig, and he's like, okay, hey, I'm ready to go for the second round. And he got through Parasite because he's like, oh, I hate movies with subtitles. He got through oh, it. Like my dad. And, like to this day, he's like, Quinn, that was absolutely brilliant. That, that movie was great. Oh, I'm glad he watched it. He's uh, like, he loves it. But I'm like, you have to stick to like some of these movies that I'm telling you about. You have to just trust me and pay attention. And, um, you know, like I said, Mad Max Fury Road. Um, is just a it's a masterpiece the coloring it's so good too and this i, I know oh, we want to get to your second choice, color but the scene with like the tornado and the music swelling like to like i don't know what if it's, it's not wagner i don't I, maybe it's wagner but they're playing like the oh, like it's just like <laughs> i'm like i'm like just re- so, reaching god so i'm like fun. near god at that moment like i feel like it's just yeah. perfect amazing yeah um but uh sorry for rambling too much i'll get no to worries. My, uh, <laughs> it's a great movie <laughs> My first pick, uh, I have it on VHS here. Oh, nice. Yeah. Cool. Oh, my, nice. I have my third pick on VHS. I just, I can't find oh, it. Oh, and you watched it. that one recently too, right? Yeah. Oh, man, okay. that's such a, oh, yeah. One, that's one a of my favorite. favorites too. So um, I recently watched my second pick. My second pick is To Live and Die in LA. Yes. Um, also by the great William Friedkin. And my good friend, I, I have a friend who's a, like an absolute film wizard and, he kind of like we feed each other. Like he feeds me some suggestions and vice versa. Um, so he told me, he's like, you have to watch to live and die in LA. It's a phenomenal film. And um, I looked into it and I, I checked it out. Uh, obviously I'm, I'm a big Willem Dafoe fan and he's in it. He plays this um, counterfeiter. He sort of, you know, makes money illegally in this warehouse in the desert just outside of LA and um obviously there's all this counterfeit money going around in LA and without spoiling it too much these police officers are trying to get to the bottom of this counterfeit ring and um I got to be careful with what I say when it comes to the chase itself, but uh, basically they're on, they're on the, uh, the highway, the ma- major highway in LA and uh, driving down the street and 
like I said, without spoiling it too much, a few police officers sort of encounter them. They sort of, you know, pull U-turns on this highway and one thing leads to another. Anyways, it's one of the greatest highway chases, car chases in movie history. It blew my mind. Um, and it's funny is as strong as the chase scene is, it's still not the biggest aspect of the film. Even though most people will say it is, it's not. Start to finish the soundtrack. It's so 80s. It's like California palm trees. It's just like a stunning movie front yeah. to back. I was blown away by it. Um, and a Wang, Wang Chung score. Great, great soundtrack. Yes, I was just going to say that. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, they're Wang, so good. Wang Chung is such a phenomenal band and under, <laughs> again, underrated. Um, yeah, you got Wang Chung. I, I, I love I love Willem Dafoe in that movie too. Is the villain? He's just oh. like so weird. He's so fucking weird. He's like this like it's like it's like an, a deleted uh, you know episode of Miami Vice or something too. You know, he's like yeah. this counterfeit guy and like he's yeah. he's really like unusual as a villain. He's very like effeminate and very like flamboyant, and I I love him. <laughs> you know everything. You know? Oh man, it's so good. And like the, the women in it are phenomenal, and it's like the film the film itself front to back it just screams sex and art it's just very well, like um there's so I, many I like good close-ups and the cinematography is fantastic again obviously like you can't fuck with wang chung so you got wang chung. <laughs> yeah wang chung and, dance all days man yeah um, there's, uh, that, there's that one there's that one scene in the movie too and obviously i won't mention it because i don't want to spell it quinn you'll know what i'm talking about but like you know w- towards the end too and just in terms of like main character and stuff what happens and i was so shocked like my jaw dropped when, when yeah. i saw that oh, scene man, it's fucking awesome, <laughs> at the last like 10 minutes it's like holy shit like what's gonna happen um, yeah. because it just totally pulls the carpet from under you and it's such a cool narrative decision i don't know how they did that with test audiences because i i don't i don't think the studio probably would have liked that but like i mean i think it's so cool to have that narrative subversion in the film um great yeah. movie. my favorite friedkin film oh it's so it's just so fun and like I said, it's it's a gallery of art. The whole film, mm. like you know, the, the close up the close up shots of you know the characters and the Wang Chung music, and again, like the cool California cars, and it's like one of the best, in my opinion, it's one of the best California films. Yeah, just mm. um, but also it it just so happens to have one of the best car chase scenes in a movie so that's my second pick um what about you john what do you got buddy uh sure yeah my uh my last pick for today um it's a selection from the uh the fast and furious series this one is fast five which is the fifth entry in the series <laughs> i gotta say i have i have not watched all the fast and furious movies i got tons of gaps and actually going into this one when i watched it i believe it came out in either 2011 or 2012 when i saw this in the theaters i think i had only seen the first one like as a kid um of course the first fast and furious and i guess the second one as well too are very kind of you know they are car movies cars are a big part of this series but you know around the time of i guess the, the, the one before this fast and furious which was the fourth one also another thing that's annoying about the series they're just the naming conventions these movies are a total fucking mess it's like fat the fast and the furious too fast too furious i think it's like fast and the furious tokyo drift uh, fast and furious fast five it's like f6 i don't know there's like f9 now like i guess they're kind of easy to follow in the numbers anyways i'm i digress but this one i went into it not really knowing much about the series and what i liked about it though is even though i don't know fuck all about the series and the characters um it's pretty easy to kind of just 
get into the texture of the film like you kind of the movie has a pretty kind of clear like kind of moral easy to track plot lines like you know it's all about family you got like Vin Diesel Toretto and you got like all these other characters and they're all this kind of mish weird family that comes together and there's Ludacris and Tyrese and as the sort of the comic relief but um this one was really fun to watch because again I, I saw this in the theater and, and what's cool about it is that you know it's starting in the fourth one and this one it actually the, the movie series starts to shift to become more of just like a general action film not just like a real car movie and a car chase movie movie um, but nonetheless like it satisfies in both cases and this movie has some really great thrilling action sequences especially that kind of opening chain that train sort of chase sequence in the beginning and uh, great performances this is the first one that has the rock in it is Luke Hobbs he's sort of become now kind of like maybe the biggest figure of the series um, you know there's a great I remember Vin Diesel and the rock have like a fight scene and I just remember the theater was like losing their mind because they're just like oh grinding <laughs> these two big guys you're like these two big guys are gonna fight and then you don't think it's gonna happen. <laughs> and then they're getting ready to gear up and they're like fighting and like the theater watching this in the cinema was so great because the everyone in the theater was losing their shit when it happened and this one has a few of course great kind of car chase sequences although again a little bit less so than some of the other ones but this near the end of the movie and i won't spoil all the you know the details of it but they at the end of the movie there's this sort of heist where they're trying to steal money and it's crazy because they have all these like Dodge Chargers, these brand new 2010 Dodge Chargers all parked. And what they do is they don't just like break in, steal the money, leave. They grab the entire vault like they have it chained to the cars and they drive out and they fucking rip the vault out of the bank. And it's such a great chase sequence because they're getting chased by like police. And there's this vault that's like bouncing around the road and swinging around everywhere. And it's like it's like a, it's part of the movie itself to like a character in the movie. Like they're they're doing this big turn in the vault kind of gets swung and like smashes through like five different store shops. Like just the amount of prop work and, and, and stuff on this is great. I believe James Wan's the director of this and a lot of the other um, entries in the series. Like I think, um, as a just a general physical director and, and understanding prop work and, and just the, the you know making it like a thrilling detailed action movie like he does such a great job with it and I find some of the performances kind of kind of corny like I know I think Gal Gadot's in it and she's basically just eye candy in this movie there's literally a scene where she's like I'll get I'll I'll, I'll, I'll stop him or I'll and she just like takes off her clothes like walks up and it's like all the characters like oh like they're like they're like they're like, like, like the wolf and like the cartoon they're just like oh like but it's kind of goofy but but it, it's really fun the movie I really enjoyed it I I went into this thinking like, I'm like, this is going to be terrible. And at the end, I'm like, yo, this, this movie was great. Like I never thought this would be such a great action movie. And it kind of, I think this movie at the time was the best, it did the best out of all of them. And I think this sort of kicked off the fast and the furious, not just as sort of like a, you know, popular kind of action car movie, but it's sort of like the movie in blockbuster cinema. And even to this day, like last, I think it was two years ago, we got the, the ninth or 10th entry. And I think there's another one slated to come out soon. So um, it's kind of crazy to think that the series, which started off as a simple kind of like car heist, you know, a, a movie that, you know, popularized sort of underground car racing and that sort of thing has now become like the global billion dollar action franchise that constantly expands itself. Like characters are like in space or something. Like, I guess it speaks to where cinema is going with universes and, you know, messing around and being creative, but yeah, really, really fun, surprisingly well done action movie. That's for sure. Was Paul, was Paul Walker still alive in that one? I think. He was, he was uh, yeah, he is. I think. Point. I think this was okay. the second last one he was in. I think he okay. was in the sixth one, and then the seventh one was when they, they had that Wiz Khalifa song or whatever. That one's kind of goofy <laughs> too, because you know, it's I'm always I'm always interested in how movies handle like the deaths of like kind of actors or actresses. Sometimes in TV shows, they just sort of like recast them or or cut them off. In the, the scene, yeah. in the Fast and Furious series, like. He's in the seventh one is like the CGI Paul Walker. And then 
I guess I, from what I haven't heard, seen all the rest of them, but I believe he's like still alive in the universe, but he's always like conveniently busy. It's like, oh, where's Paul Walker? Oh, sorry. He's babysitting today. He can't come. Oh, man. We haven't seen him in like 10 years. Yeah, no, no. He's got a thing. You know, he's at the doctor's office. Like, OK, he's got a thing. <laughs> I don't think that's how they frame it exactly. But uh, yeah, I think I think at seven one, it's kind of weird because he's sort of like the CGI dude. And then it, but I mean, it's touching, you know, that whole, you know, it's been a long, well, you know, great ending, you know, <laughs> You know, tearjerker for all the bro dudes in the audience. And uh, <laughs> really good to see those movies in the theaters as a kid because everyone would leave and they'd be revving their cars like, oh, I'm just like Dominic Toretto revving their yeah. like parents minivan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Drift it, drifting on that like Honda Ooh, Civic from yeah. 1992. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, like to this day, I had a I had a patch of black ice and I'm like, Tokyo Drift. Like, I, like to this day. But like, yeah. it's funny because the first fast and the furious i actually was sort of pondering on putting this um in my car chase favorites um see when uh they get the cb radio like the police scanner breakout where the cops are on their their tail for the race in the first film that's actually a really good sort of car chase scene in a way like you know it's because you have Vin Diesel, which is like the greatest porn star like name of all time. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have Paul, Paul Walker, rest in peace, um, you know, jump into this car together. Vin Diesel's unsure about Paul Walker, but he's like, whatever, like we're going to this party, but we have to, you know, get, get rid of the cops sort of thing. Um, that's actually a really underrated sort yeah. of, again, car chase air quote scene. Um, now, is Fast Five, I haven't seen all of them, but is Fast Five the one where the gas truck is like coming down the street and it like it keeps rolling and rolling and rolling and rolling and like it conveniently like lands between two cars when they're on like a cliff drop? I think I think it is. I, it's been a while because I'm I, pretty I sure we watched this one. Yeah, because I, I have um... I, I don't I'm pretty sure Fast Five was the last one that I watched and and Apart from a few scenes, I was like, I'm done. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm I got done. the full like, experience in this movie. Yeah, like, yeah. I've, I've, like, it doesn't matter what happens now. I'm done. The funny thing is about those movies is I think that one and a couple of ones follow was kind of a tradition with friends to go see it. And like, we would always, for some reason, like, go out for like all you can eat sushi, then grab drinks right before the movie. And oh, yeah, every time I, I, I would, I would get in the theater, like stuff full of sushi after a couple of drinks and would just pass out like halfway through this. I think it's the sixth or seventh one where Kurt Russell's in it. And like, I watched all the way up to when they meet Kurt Russell. And then I, I fell asleep and basically missed like 40 minutes of the movie. And I wake yeah. up to cars fucking driving through buildings in Dubai. I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah. I woke up and I'm like, where, where, what is happening in this movie? I yeah. don't know a single thing that's going on. And my friend's like, oh yeah, you were, you were asleep for like an hour of the movie. I'm like, yeah, I, I, I guess. Cause I don't, I don't know. What's happening but but that um, that's like yeah. that's like one of those movies though where it's like it should say on your ticket like like sleepers discretion is advised you know like it should say that on your ticket because like it's one of those films where it's like if you see the start and the end you saw the movie yeah i saw fast <laughs> five. yeah i saw fast five yeah. Like it, as long it, as you see him break out those coronas with the lime in it and be like La Familia, you know, and <laughs> yeah. have the barbecue, the cookout, you know, yeah, that's all that matters. That's just family. That's it's it. Family, brother. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's it. 
Cool. Uh, Curtis, what did you watch? What was your uh, third choice? Yes. And number number three was, uh, and I hope I'm saying the name right, because my girlfriend speaks Japanese and I probably said this wrong, but Ronin. Uh, it's a... Uh, it's a 1998 action thriller movie by John Frankenheimer, who funnily oh, nice. enough used to be a, yeah, I think he used to be a, a car driver, like a stunt car driver or a race car driver. So. But anyway, yeah, he right. kind of brought in, yeah, he brought in his experience to this film too. So it's a really cool film. It's with Robert De Niro. I mean, I can't fucking explain the plot. It's so convoluted, but I mean, uh, I really like the movie actually overall, but I mean, the, the real reason you really won't go to this movie is just, it has this extended chase scene, uh, I think through Nice in France too. And it is just so, yeah, it's Nice and Paris. And yeah. it's just such a strong chase sequence. Like cars get destroyed, characters get you know killed off. Um, I mean, it's so suspenseful too. You know, you have that kind of small streets and everything too. And I mean, uh, it's been a while since I've actually seen the movie too, but I just remember this movie really standing out too. Um, one, really one of the good uh, 90s heist films too, and especially for the the choreography again too, I think it's really good too. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know how they filmed some of these scenes, but it just it's so much fun to watch and so exhilarating. At the end, you're like, oh, you know, you're just wary just from <laughs> experiencing this this really intense driving thing. But I think it offers everything you possibly want from a, a car chase scene you know you have those kind of the european um cinematography and you have uh you know the suspense and you have uh you know crashes and people driving off bridges and flipping upside down but still somehow surviving and yeah i don't know if you guys have seen this one too but it was one i really enjoyed i've never yeah. seen it though but it sounds like I've, it sounds I've, really seen, fun. I've seen ronan um i i watched it a long time ago oh. to be honest with you like um I liked it, but it, it, it's not one of my favorite De Niro movies. But yeah, I give it like a four. I give it like a four out of five. Much because he's yeah. done so much. I give it like a four out of five personally. Like it wasn't my favorite, but it was like it was yeah. good. Like I really enjoyed it. <laughs> oh sure, yeah, yeah. Four out of five seems fair. Um, yeah, Ronan's awesome. To be honest, I don't really particularly remember the car chase scene. Yeah, me neither. Because the, the plot, yeah. there was so much going on. In the plot, I remember there was like yeah. a briefcase. And I remember, yeah. I th- well, I mean, Robert De Niro shooting someone in every movie. But I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. What did you, what did you pick, Quinn? What was your number three? Um, I will say an honorable mention for me is uh, Heat. Oh yeah, honorable mentions. Yeah. Yeah, Heat. Um, oh yeah. One of the greatest like bank heist movies. And speaking of bank heist movies, one of my favorite movies of the 2010s came out in 2010. Loved the film. I can't recommend this film enough is the town yeah that's a good oh one that's too. a good movie yeah kind of very inspired by, the heat, yeah. by heat sort of in the same vein yeah, ex- yeah exactly yeah that's kind of why i mentioned it like um very good film um i think it's ben affleck's like other than maybe goodwill i think it's like his best sort of writing and a uh, uh, monumental movie um so i will honorably mention that but my third and last pick for today's podcast is um terminator 2 judgment day oh one of my favorites <laughs> yeah it's now um i remember when i first saw it i was at my friend's house and my friend's mom was like she held up the vhs which i have somewhere in this clutter of a room and she was like oh like you can watch this would your parents allow it and i was like oh yeah and i was like at the time they probably wouldn't have but uh saw terminator 2 i was blown away blown yeah. away like just like mm. 
and like and to this day like it still holds up i mean of course it holds up but like the c i mean the cgi holds up and um the visuals hold up and the atmosphere holds up and uh schwarzenegger is phenomenal edward furlong is like an underrated actor in my opinion oh i think so too especially his later work too i think it's really good i i think i think his performance in in terminator 2 and uh american history x like will go down in history is and you know like you know, shout out to the to his buddy, man, because his buddy is like a real is a true friend. There's that scene where like T1000 comes and and he lies to the cop, and <laughs> so his friend can get away. And like this guy is just like a true friend. Like, no, no, yeah, no, he's he's ride or die. Like he's awesome. But like I remember being a kid and watching that uh, chase scene. You know, like when when they're on the bike and oh, uh, and the the, 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 the viaduct aqueduct there. Yeah, that's right. And and. Schwarzenegger has that sawed-off shotgun, and like he shoots the lock off and like drives through. And man, it's such a it, it's such a monumental scene for me. Anyways, like it's it might not be the best car chase scene, but it's one of my favorite car chase scenes, evidently. So that's why mm. I had to bring it up. Or where and, he like drives the the, the car like like because i mean it's interesting with that film i think too is because they're not really bound by human limits so like yeah. you know the, the fucking t-1000 can keep going he drives this like actual the actual truck off the bridge and it yeah. keeps just keeps going and i'm like holy shit like if that was a human driver he'd like be thrown out the window but yeah. uh, and then you've got that little you know that that little motorbike and it's just, you're like oh man like you better go faster you know yeah that's it yeah that's cool. oh, it's uh phenomenal yeah, it's I a good think movie too, to watch like too it's, if you've never seen the first one either. Like you could jump into that. Yes. Pretty much. Oh like, yeah. It's like the Road Warrior. You know, you, you get those jump yeah, into it. I, you get the I Linda Hamilton saw, narration. You're like, I'm, I'm in. Like you get the movie basically right there. That's right. I, I I saw the second one. Like I said, I saw it at, at my friend's place when we were kids, and his older brother was like, "Oh, like that's the best movie. That's the craziest movie. You know, yada yada yada." So I watched the second one judgment day and i didn't see the first terminator until like oh it was probably five five to seven years later like i yeah me I too like, yeah yeah because like it was like terminator judgment day terminator 2 judgment day well yeah because the first the first movie too is it's much more raw and lower budget and brutal like where he yeah, cuts out his eye and stuff. much more yeah. of a horror film yeah dude the terminator is an awesome film but it is it, yeah i love it it, it, it was like like when I heard that there was the first one, I was like, okay, like, it, it, like, am I, am I really going to be impressed? And I, and I ended up being impressed, but Terminator 2 Judgment Day is like, I think it's, it's even better, you know, yeah. I would say. Oh, it's, it's the best. It's the I think best it's like film of all time. Period. I think it's like kind of like you know it's very iconic too because when you go like when you or when you have an idea of going to LA too like when I went to LA for the first time I was I was so you know moved by that movie that I always pictured you know there being these kind of like viaducts and you know just picturing some dude in a motorbike driving down it you know but um, yeah. yeah I mean when I think of LA I always think of that movie for some reason maybe just the way I was I was brought up and seeing it when at a young age too but yeah it really stays with you that movie and I really have a lot of love for that movie too. Yeah. Yeah, and Jim Cameron basically, I guess it was '86 directed Aliens, and then like five, what five, six years later directs this. Yeah, one. and then like, like then talk like about Davis, like a yeah. fucking one-two punch <laughs> of 
like amazing yeah. <laughs> action films, like the god of action films, like incredible, um, incredible sequel. And yeah, and and, and Linda Hamilton's performance in the in in T two is incredible. Oh yeah, Quinn's like, got the physical. VHS for Aliens too. <laughs> oh yeah, like I think her like you watch the first Game one over, and man. she's Game great, over. <laughs> and then the second one like she's just like she's doing like pull ups in the prison or whatever. Like she's getting yeah. completely or in the women's show. Vasquez, you've been yeah. mistaken for a man before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's kind of funny to by see like, way, Vasquez in that I, one I, and then her I in this one. It, by the way, I forgot to tell you. Oh, you fixed it. Okay, his VHS was not working last time, so I'm glad we fixed yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> no, I for the listeners, I recently had Curtis over uh, to my house and we hung out and had beers and we were gonna watch a tape. We put on Aliens and it turned out to be like an absolute shit show. Like the, it was like tracking was bad and there was something wrong. But I ended up like opening the tape with my screwdriver and like cleaning it out and fixing it, and like now it runs like a dream. So nice. Nice. That's cool. Cool. So, um, any more honorable mentions, guys? I did mention, of yeah, course, the Blaze Brothers think, on there yeah. because that one, of course, has one of the best car chase sequences of all time going to the mall. And, and I, car chase, you know, you can't have a good car chase sequence that it's a random merchant selling like oranges <laughs> and like a wooden fucking thing. And then the car has to drive through it and like fruit goes everywhere. It's like an iconic part of that. But um, I also added, I was going to actually have this on my list, but I just didn't have time to watch it. It's been so long since I've seen it, but uh, Gone in 60 Seconds, the the newer one mm. with Nicolas Cage. I really don't remember a single fucking thing about that movie. I just remember I can steal a <laughs> I remember him being weird, driving, and... driving, driving as Shelby Cobra. They were like, yeah, and, and I think <laughs> I think he makes out with like Angelina Jolie. Like, there's a couple of scenes that like I kind of remember, but that's basically I don't have much to say about it. But uh, that's a movie that I think of car car chase movies of like the 2000s. Like, I think of that. I think of that one. I I was I had a couple in there. I had um well because I watched the the second Police Story. I'll talk about that later. Um, but I the original Police Story I loved too. And there's so many good chase sequences. Oh you know, man whole sequence with the bus so too good. but my fa- my favorite in that movie it's with the really early jackie chan mid 80s too and that's the one that really got him really big in hong kong again yeah. um and it's kind of fun to hear him speaking cantonese again too um but there's this one scene where he drives down this, this through the shanty town this shanty town on the hill and he just drives to the town there's this chase scene and it's so well performed and i mean I, I hate to think how many stunt people broke their arms you know for their for this scene but i mean it's just so well done and you really have to see it i think to really appreciate it too but i mean you know, it's so it's different, you know, because I think we're all used to seeing, you know, Jackie Chan and like Rumble in the Bronx or like Rush Hour or two. But I mean, there's something really raw and just kind of wild about, you know, the, the police story films, too, because I mean, this is before he made it big in Hollywood. Um, this is like, you know, Jackie Chan at his most raw and, <laughs> you know, ambitious, maybe I would say. Um, and I just love that. And I love the um, the James Bond movies. Too. Yeah. There's too many of them to point out. I, think- uh, I like the, the one chase scene when he's in um, the tank in, in Goldeneye. And yeah. I really like there's this weird like flip thing they do with the guy yeah. with the tobacco chewing guy and, and the man with the gold oh gun. yeah it's like jeez mr bond and it's like roger <laughs> moore is like, like god oh, damn <laughs> you call that a flip oh he has some stupid pun lined up yeah oh quinn have you the, guys uh, have you guys seen sorry to cut you off have you guys seen dragons forever no, no. i've never seen dragons forever okay it's okay so movie. as your friend and co-co-host please watch dragons forever this week because okay the same friend that recommended to live and die in la he he called me up he's like come over pick up a san marino pizza <laughs> that's that, that's an ottawa stable for all those who, who are listening and he's like we'll watch i want to show you this film we watched dragons forever and it is fucking bananas like Gwen Stefani bananas <laughs> check it out 
it's so good. The the action, the fighting, the humor in it, it it's golden. So watch yeah. Dragons Forever this week. Trust me. Nice, nice, cool, cool. Yeah, I think uh, that's that's a good. I'll have to check that one out. Um, I too, also yeah. I also added an impromptu one to the honorable mention: Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Just because oh, of that yeah. stupid the pod racer scene, like that is like Dude, the best. Yeah, that's, a great, that movie. that's a great scene. And it's yeah, I, I don't. I think that movie's they have a, terrible. They have a whole game but, with that. They have a whole game with that. Yeah, I mean that game's terrible, but that, that scene is so good and iconic, and yeah. it still really holds up really well. Like thrilling to watch. Uh, yeah and you know it, it's great I, I was just I was just thinking of like what are some other like honorable like and I'm like maybe I should have put that on my main list because I mean that movie's terrible but that whole scene I mean like literally the whole Tatooine part of that movie which takes up God way too long in the movie is basically just to lead up to this goofy like race scene in the film and they have they have that great scene. you guys remember oh, the that's so cool movie? oh yeah the fucking oh, yeah. with the little like helmet and no, goggles no, you know I if you look into it if you look into it, that's probably the best marketing out of any film I've ever seen. Yeah, for sure. That was such. Like, that was everywhere when in the late nineties when that came out. Oh, the Pepsi like, cans with all the characters yeah. on them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Jar Jar and like the whole nine yards and They're, like. Yeah, because I remember. Yeah, I know that like uh, Phantom Menace wasn't that great of a movie, but there's another really good chase scene too in the beginning too, like when they're going to what is it, Gunga or whatever, and it's the underwater chase scene. And you have like this kind of like Darwinist oh, thing where fish, they... yeah, oh, yeah, yeah I really like that scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, we can like we can eject Jar Jar Binks from that the vehicle, but I mean, like, I mean, it's just it's a really good chase scene, you know, to watch. I just yeah, I just yeah. kind of like the like the like the court in Naboo, like under the water, and like the guys, yeah. <laughs> It, like like they're like Qui Gon Jinn and um, what's his name Obi Wan, Obi Wan. Thank Obi-Wan. you. Are are trying to sort of like get the permission to take Jar Jar like out of this like world. They're in like a court and like they have that guy with like the cheeks that looks like like nineteen ninety two John Goodman, and he's just like, Ooh! yeah, yeah, the big guy, yeah, yeah. boss yeah. ass, yeah, yeah, boss yeah, ass. boss ass of yeah Naboo, like he's like. Just, yeah yeah he's just like yeah he's pissed off he's like he's like binks he's like you will be puny <laughs> yeah. it's I guess so with, fire. yeah i guess with the pod race thinking at star wars there's a lot of movies out there that you know aren't car chase movies or maybe they're planes or boats but they're kind of filmed like car chase movies i was thinking of the first star wars with the trench run where they're all kind of lined up i mean star wars and the and the all the tie fighters that's a lot of that's based on kind of like world war ii aerial yep. kind of dogfighting but i think that sequence is almost done almost like a car chase with like it's all very linear and flat and and uh, there's a lot of other i think works that kind of you know use boats or planes but kind of do them in a way that's almost filmed like a kind of two cars coming close together with the spikes come out like eh, it's the wheels or whatever i mean yeah, there's so many movies you could add here like even greece greece has a car chase and that's great too like that's not even a car yep. chase movie but i guess the movie you could almost classify that as an a movie because that's uh, all about cars the title's called greece it's about grease lightning, you know. I guess there's a romance there somewhere, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, really well, great I, list. Yeah, this was this was fun. And uh, if you guys have any other, you know, fa- out there in audience land, favorite car chase movies, let us know. We'd love to uh, check some of those out as well too. So why don't we get into okay? What do we what, why don't we get into what we watch? I didn't watch that much, so maybe I'll I'll kick it off with uh, with you, Quinn. What did you uh, watch this week? Oh man, um, so the first one that I watched was. A documentary curtis uh correct me if i'm wrong um 
It's Werner Herzog, right? Is that how Werner, you pronounce Werner, Werner Herzog. Yeah, the, the, the W oh, is Werner. like a B. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, I knew I was butchering that. So thank That's you. That's all right. Yeah. Um, he lives in LA uh, anyway, so I think it's okay. <laughs> yeah. He's like, call me Wernie. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, no, I, I got wind of this documentary. I'm like a sucker for true crime docs and all that stuff. And I've been sort of going through a phase where I'm not watching as many films per se, and I'm watching more documentaries. So, um, I watched a movie or documentary rather called into the abyss. And it's about mm. a gentleman who is on death row for killing this mother and her son in Curtis. It's deep, Texas, deep, right? I think it's like Texas or Oklahoma or something or like, deep, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So anyways, he commits like a bad murder uh, times two and uh he's on death row so the director is sort of interviewing him um in his you know leading days up pretty much up to his uh execution date and um i found it really gripping i found it really um really touching i almost like in a way i know it sounds bad but like i almost felt bad for the Mm. accused and like I don't know. It's just like, it's a really weird one. Like it sort of played with your emotions, but I think overall um, a really good documentary and my wife liked it as well. And I thought yeah. it was great too. I liked how like they, like he was very clear about how he felt about the death penalty, but then he like was very neutral throughout the movie about like how he depicted it. And I thought that was really good because it lets the viewer kind of come to their own conclusions rather than kind of forcing it. I think what really got me and this is sort of a spoiler alert i guess but what really got me was the uh the cop who had been on the forest for like 30 odd years or whatever and he's like yeah i can't because he was the guy who sort of you know like put the straps on the the people on death row and he was kind of like like i've seen too many people get killed like he's like it's it's sort of too much. So I, I found the film to be very like humane in a, in a way, like it was very like, uh, it was very sad, like o- overall, but mm. you know, at the end of the it's, day, it's, it's interesting too, like how they kind of explore the themes in that movie too. Cause they have that theme of time. And you know, when you're in a prison time is just totally something else too. And I thought that was really cool. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Like, and I, like, I'm kind of a believer of like, if you kill somebody, you shouldn't really have a life. Like you should just die. But like, again, it's looking at this documentary, it's, it's a very strange sort of ride. And um, I definitely um, recommend into the abyss for anybody who wants to see a, a cool true doc anyway. But uh, yeah, what about you, Curtis? That's one of his. Oh, uh, yeah, I think you had a couple other ones too, didn't you? Um, but I can. I can oh yeah, I know. Mine. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I can say all mine too. If, oh yeah, <laughs> if you want. Okay. So my next film that I watched was <laughs> the new Scream. Nice. Uh, yeah, me and my wife went to the theater and saw Scream. Um, you know what? I liked it. I thought it was awesome. I thought it was great. I heard, I heard it was one of the best uh, Scream sequels. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, 
honestly, like I would put it on par with the first one. Like I makes up, I makes up for that. Makes up for that Halloween kills. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it was basically Scream One reproduced. I thought Courtney Cox and uh, Campbell were great in it. Um, I don't really know what else to say about it. Like I just thought that like like the twists were great. Um, it was very Wes Craven style. They did a rest in peace shout out to her, to him um, at the end of the film. And overall, I think Scream 2022 was awesome. And they're going to make another one. Thank God. Um, yeah, no, wicked. You're going to be elderly and like, oh, Ghostface is coming <laughs> after us. And David Arquette, yeah, yeah. Dewey, oh, yeah. Dewey's oh, going to be yeah. in his walker walking away from him or whatever. Can, can you right. watch it? Can you watch it as like a standalone or do you have to watch the other ones? Like, would you be probably the no. first one and no? Okay. You, you you might, yeah, you don't have to see because they explain sort of what happened in the other ones. Hmm. Like they spoil pretty much the other ones without you needing to see them. But like, I, I think John's right. Like, I think eventually you'll have Courtney Cox on an acorn stairlift. And there'll be two acorn stairlifts, and the other acorn stairlift will have Ghostface. Yeah. <laughs> just, just going, just, just going down the staircase, and then uh, doesn't give up. <laughs> I mean, like we, we got a film, we got a film. So, in addition um, to the staircase cannon, Gremlins and Scream. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. That's it. Um, and so the third film that I watched. Um, Two nights ago, my wife and I went and saw the new Jackass. Oh, cool. Um, and oh my god, <laughs> so funny. It's like full of dick stunts, it's like mostly dick <laughs> stunts. Like, I don't want to, they're, dick, they're a dick obsessed, <laughs> yeah. But like, there is like, there's one guy who he gets punched in the jock. From Francis Ngannou, who, I mean, as of recently, was the heavyweight champion of the UFC. Guy's a brick shit house. And then they take the same guy with the same jock, and they put like dumb, like shitty pads on him with like his legs bare from like the growing up. And they put him in a net, and they and they have PK Subban. From the New Jersey Devils, wire fucking talks at this guy's jock. And then from there, there's a few other things. That's wild. But they oh, end man. up having him lie down and they have a guy pogo stick. Oh my god, Jesus. Right in the balls, right on the right in the jock. The same, the same guy. And apparently it was all through one day. Like oh, this geez. guy is underpaid. I don't care if he made a hundred million broken body. Yo, the and producers of those jocks are like making bank right now. They're like, wow, this jock really works. It blocks PK super. Well, dude, shots and- he, again, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil the movie for, for people that haven't seen it, but he takes it out and there's like a slight dent in the jock. And I think PK dented the jock and it's like, that's pretty good. Yeah. Even yeah. Though, and put a, put and also, and also, I, I don't know if this is true, but I heard that like a month later, he was able to conceive a child with his wife. No so it's like, now you really have a selling point on this job. Yeah. 
I, I think what's what, what's so cool about the Jackass films too is that like at this point, like they're all like big celebrities. Like Johnny Knoxville is like probably like, I don't know his net worth, but he's probably like a millionaire, multi-millionaire. Like, and they've they've all gone on to have successful careers because of this. But even then. Yeah. You know, it's even been at this point like a decade, more than a decade since like what was supposed to be kind of like the last Jackass, like Jackass 3D. It, despite that, despite them, I think Johnny Knox something just brings, turned something 50. Something brings them back. Yeah. They're still, you know, totally depraved to go and like put themselves into situations where they're getting concussed or branded on their yeah, It's just like the absolute, or, it's an absolute id, you know, the Freudian id. Yeah, they're just like their wealth, giving in they're still depraved, you know, dirt Animal bags. urges. That's something, there's something to that. And I love how they like some of their stud, studs, they dress up in like outfits and they go full. There's a lot of camp and almost like Monty Python-esque style to the kind of their their little bit of skit kind of humor. Uh, but my goodness, yeah, I can't, it's kind of yeah. crazy to think it's still going on, you know, almost 20 years, more than 20 years at this point, uh, strong. I yeah, like I watched I, I watched um I think I watched the second one on a, I was on a date with this Serbian girl that I really liked it was like a group of us and like we watched that scene and you never know with jackass from scene to scene like whether it's going to be like mild or like medium or like fucking 10 bizarre shit you know and <laughs> there was that scene where that you know he, they drink the horse semen and I was like oh my god like I can't watch this I have a date you know like what the fuck <laughs> so you know but so it's, will, it's so I much will, fun watching theaters I will say this and I like I said I don't want to ruin it but i will just say two words pig semen oh no <laughs> that's, all that will that will the that's all i will say that's all i will say watch the new jackass it's fucking yeah. hilarious it's oh, wow. so funny God, and my list. oh dude it's 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 so funny like um okay i i i just can't help myself right now but basically in a nutshell the opening scene is chris pontius who did wild boys who did you know a lot of stuff they have him on a mini diagram and his his penis is out and it's painted it's painted green and they have him walking around a mini manhattan dressed as king kong but it's his penis <laughs> then then the camera pans out and they have a snapping turtle biting oh his no oh, oh, oh no. no why would you oh, do god. that to yourself <laughs> oh god we did to like, ourselves you could dude <laughs> that's the opener like i'm not like again like i'm not trying to like and not a nipple it's not a nipple it's a penis like yeah. what the dude fuck? dude it's <laughs> fucking there's another scene where they put it again. I I'm sorry, but they sit a guy down, somebody in a room. They convince him to go to this room and they all walk out and they're like, he's like, what the fuck? Like, why are these people leaving? And they put raw salmon all over him. They dump honey all yeah. over him. And I looked at my wife and I go, there's a bear involved. <laughs> and he's sitting there and he's tied to a chair and they release a bear that comes in. There's fucking chunks of salmon all over him. And this bear huh? is just like having a field day, like eating the salmon, swiping at his stomach so that the salmon comes closer to this bear. And the entire theater was freaking the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, seeing these in the theater is such Very a fun bear. experience because oh, like, everyone in like, it. Like, 
all you heard was like, oh, 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 oh. Like, that's all you heard. <laughs> oh, Crazy. my God. That's wild. Uh, how about uh, how about you, Curtis? What did you uh, what did you watch? This yeah, week? so I watched a few ones this week. Uh, as I was saying, I'm a big fan of the original police story. So I watched the second one on nice. Criterion Channel. Thanks to you guys. Um, <laughs> and actually, the second one was it was a bit of a letdown. Like the first one. I mean, one thing I never really liked about Jackie Chan's movies so much is that all the slapstick comedy gets a little bit excessive sometimes. And this one, they kind of actually toned back with the slapstick comedy, but it just felt really dull and boring, the story. And like the the fight scenes, I mean, you come to it for the fight scenes, right? So mm-hmm. there's a fight scene at the end where they're in an exploding fireworks factory. And, uh, you know, there's a really cool scene early in the movie where um, they're in a, like a play, a playground too. And he like throws like swing sets at them and at the bad guys and stuff. It's really well done, those fight scenes. But like the rest of the story was kind of boring. So it was much, uh, n- not nearly as good as the first one, I think too. I'm, I, I think I've seen bits and pieces of the other one. So I think I'm pretty police storied out. I'm happy with just the first one, I think. Yeah. I also watched, uh, um, I'm a bit, I'm a huge Oasis fan too. You know, I mean, there's, there's so, they're so arrogant, right? Um, and Man, they're you know, so they're funny eight, on Twitter. They're just they're so I think funny. Liam, like, I think what was it? Noel or Liam posted like a song lyric and the other brother responded like, that's <laughs> fucking trash. You loser. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. I'm like, you guys obviously don't hate each other that much because you can't go like five minutes without not talking about each other or getting an interview with NME or whatever, you know? And <laughs> this is like, I watched the, cause I love the album, the, um, Oasis Nebworth concert, which they did in mm-hmm. 1996. And this is like a very famous uh, historical venue in Southern England where a lot of um, famous bands like The Who and uh, I think the Rolling Stones played there too. Um, and Led Zeppelin, that was the last Led Zeppelin show too in 1979. So this is a huge show and um, the documentary shows some of their live performances. I think the album is actually better because you get all the, you know, you get Oasis at their peak. They had the first two albums out. The the sound quality is good, you know, like Liam's voice isn't shot, you know, and <laughs> I mean, they're, they're just, they're so, they're so confident and I love it. Um, and the music's really good. <laughs> the the film also looks at kind of the fan base and kind of like a lot of people who went and, you know, you're happy for them, but they're also kind of like, it feels like all those kids who went to like in high school who went to like a, I don't know, like a, uh, I don't know, Blake 182 and you didn't get to go and you're happy for them, but it's like, you know, it just feels like they're kind of rambling. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, it was good, but I think they could have cut out a lot of the, the, the extra bits and just had the actual concert footage. But I guess maybe it wouldn't have been as much of a documentary then. But I mean, it was good. I, I uh, subscribed to Paramount, Paramount Plus. I got a free trial just so I could watch this How movie. And um, it's a bit disappointing, actually. I've seen everything on there. So I think I might I might not, <laughs> you know, pay money to stay on there. But <laughs> it was cool. It was worth watching for the Oasis documentary, I think. So cool, um, cool. I also watched um, The Fallout, which is an HBO film. Just came out. Um, it's with Jenna Ortega and uh, Maddie uh, Zwiegler. Um, she's a, a dancer, so she's been in a lot of uh, Sia, the uh, musician. She was mm-hmm. a lot in, in a lot of Sia's uh, music videos, too. She dances like every type of dancing. Um, really hot, too. But anyway, it, it's about these two teenage girls, and they're in a school shooting. Um, and it's like the aftermath of the school shooting, and you know everyone responds to grief differently. So like her best friend, uh, the main character's best friend, becomes like kind of like a David Hogg kind of, uh, you know, he's, he's fighting to fighting against, uh, you know, uh, gun legislation and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and she actually becomes more withdrawn too. And she forms a relationship with this girl, um, the dancer girl, Mia. And uh, it's, it's also about her kind of exploring her sexuality too. So it kind of goes beyond kind of a traditional trauma narrative, you know, that like, they always have with these school shooting movies. Um, but it's really interesting. And, you know, it's the HBO production values too. So it's, 
it takes you to some dark places. There's like alcoholism too. And, and uh, you know, but I really liked it too. I, it's my first time, I think, seeing Jenna Ortega in a film, but she's, you know, one of the post-millennials and I think they're all really brilliant. So that was, that was fun to watch. And uh, the last thing I, well, I guess I watched and played, um, there's this video game called City of Broken Dreamers. And I wanted to talk about that because it's, it's kind of a cool concept. It's like cyberpunk. Um, it's this cyberpunk adult visual novel which is basically like I mean it was like cyberpunk I came for the story but there's actually a lot of porn in it too so I was like oh okay well that's interesting why why doesn't anyone wearing any clothes all the time but this the cyberpunk story was actually really good too and there's a big Blade Runner influence too and you you play like this ghost and you're supposed to recover this child with like telekinetic powers and um, yeah I was kind of drawn into it too and I like those kind of cyberpunk dystopias so uh, that was fun to do uh, so I played that and finished that. What did you watch, John? Yeah, I've been watching a lot more TV recently, so I didn't get a chance to watch too much. And I actually watched a, a soon-to-be upcoming Carpenter film uh, last night. So I'll talk oh. about that when we get to that in the series, the watch series. But um, um, finished watching uh, season four of The Handmaid's Tale, uh, just to kind of give a recap, because I've talked about it a couple episodes, based on the Margaret Atwood novel. It's uh, by Hulu. It's sort of this dystopian series about this kind of um, kind of theocratic authoritarian government that's taken over the U.S. and they've been the the, the context of course world world birth rates are dropping. You know the population's declining. Uh, they kind of create the society where women are essentially like women who can give birth and are able to produce children are kind of just taken as slaves, sex slaves, and are raped and 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 are forced to give birth to babies. And the first season, of course, follows Offred, who's played whose whose real name is June, played by Elizabeth Moss, and kind of her trials and tribulations. And I wasn't really into. The third season I liked, I love the first season. It's an amazing first season. Second season is, is still very good. Uh, third season to me, I thought it was spinning the wheels a little bit too bit much. It was a lot of, you know, I felt like the character choices she was making felt not as, you know, in the first movie, it's all in the first series. It's all about, you know, a lot of little small moments where you have to kind of, you know, you know, play a role and play key characters, and, you know, despite, you know, going through all this torment and trauma. And I, I felt like the third season kind of, she was making a lot of decisions. I'm like, June, if you did that, you would never have done that season one. Like you would have like, executed on the spot. <laughs> like she's just like talking back to people who aren't even her like commander. I'm like, yo, they're going to like, they're going to murder you. But I, I absolutely was blown away by season four. I thought it was probably the best season uh, since the first season, certainly. And I think part of that is because the third season ends on this very kind of, you know, penultimate like kind of moment. That's a very cathartic moment in the series where I guess mild spoilers, but there's this sort of um, kind of, rescue mission that kind of happens the whole series and it's executed at the end of season three and it's amazing and you know i was crying it's very like um powerful but season four is sort of the fallout from that and god every every episode it's a shortened season so it's only 10 episodes but every episode it's like goddamn game of thrones it's like main characters we've been following <laughs> since episode one are, are murked off like every it's insane and probably some of the best acting of, of the show has been in this season, like Elizabeth Moss. I mean, as usual, she's not nailing it, but um, I, I think the, the the guy who plays Luke, her her husband who lives in Canada, I thought his performances in the season were probably his best um, kind of playing this role of this, you know, just traumatized father who's trying to like kind of, I guess I really have to be careful with spoilers because big shit happens, but trying to rebuild his relationship, but also still dealing with like trauma. And I love it too. Cause you know, the, the show, you know, June uh, played by Elizabeth Moss, her character is sort of the main character, but this season kind of flips it around where we're seeing her like the negative effects on Gillian Honor. She's kind of like a villain almost at this point. Like she's kind of going full, like kill all everyone at all cost mode. And it's like, is that the right way forward? Is that sort of the proper way to, to heal? And it's sort of playing around with justice. You, you know, the dictator. Yeah. It's justice about, you know, you know, letting the people who've harmed you, harmed you and have hurt others, like, 
serve time and, and go to prison or is it about you know kind of just shooting them in a bag i don't know the 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 ending of this is is for a lot of i think for a lot of people especially a lot of women would find it very cathartic but i was blown away i thought it was very impressive um i know i think they're filming the new season now because they got delayed because of covid i'm wondering how if they're going to either wrap it up early or try to do some kind of i, I believe this the newest novel kind of does like a time skip but um really great performances not much like for me at lydia in this season but i love janine's character i thought the actress who played her i think samira wiley um i, I can't recall if that's if that's her if that's uh, i think sorry i think that's the other character but i i thought um the actress who played Janine, I thought her character in this was great. And it's cool because they're kind of setting up, you know, the show to kind of go on a little bit, almost like without Elizabeth Moss's character. It's like, here's like the next generation of Gilead it, and the Handmaidens. And I, I was blown away. I, I kind of went into it after season three. I'm like, this is going to be terrible. I'm going to be on my phone half the time. And I was like, drawn the fuck in. What a great season. Amazing stuff. And um, also first day back in the movies, I went last Wednesday. What a great mm-hmm. movie to kick off, you know, seeing the movies by seeing, a film by probably one of the great auteurs that's still around making actual films, Paul Thomas Anderson. I mean, everything he releases, even whether it's your favorite stuff like Boogie Nights or, you know, There Will Be Blood, or if it's stuff that's maybe considered a bit lesser, like Inherent Vice. He's, he makes amazing movies. And God, I, I fucking, this is probably up there with Escape from New York is maybe my favorite film I've watched this year so far, but Licorice Pizza, um, starring, um, the film sort of co-starring oh, uh, Elena. Elena Haim, who plays uh, Elena in this movie, Elena Kane, and uh, Cooper Hoffman, uh, F- Philip Seymour Hoffman, so much is pretty funny because Philip Seymour Hoffman's like a mainstay in all Paul, Paul Thomas Anderson movies. Yeah. He plays Gary Valentine. It's about uh, Gary's this 15 year old boy, Elena's this 25 year old girl. Um, he's a high school student at this sort of high school. It's like picture day. She's there. She sort of works there as this like part-time like camera operative and they kind of bump into each other he's like very infatuated with her and to his credit like he's very charming he's this young child actor who's sort of kind of aging out of his child role but he's got a lot of kind of fame and popularity still and he's involved in acting and he's this sort of character who's sort of this like latchkey kid his parents are around his his mom's going to vegas and he's like sort of this like hustler swindler who's like trying to become like an entrepreneur and he's like has this business selling water beds and elena's character is sort of this arrested development young woman who's sort of you know she's an adult but she's like kind of stuck between worlds and it's cool to see the relationship and i mean i i I, obviously a lot of the online discourse has been because of this sort of age gap relationship which is kind of funny because like the first like 20 minutes this movie is so fixated on her and him being like yo like you're 15 i'm a 25 year old like we can't date we're not gonna fall in love and and you know we're (laughs) but she's obviously kind of charmed by him because he is this sort of older than he appears boy and at the same time like she's sort of bringing him into this world where he can be more adult but she he's also kind of very playful and they're getting a lot of shenanigans and she's kind of pulling her back into sort of this childhood that she doesn't really have and i i just thought the movie itself was the needle drops of this were great like the soundtrack was unreal um I, I think a lot of attention is going to be on cooper hoffman because i mean i thought he was good in it maybe not great but i thought he was good but i mean elena Haim. i mean she, god she was amazing in this movie and they have the whole Haim family as her family in the movie and there's like a scene where she's like just walking through the house and like yelling at her sisters and it was just so fucking funny and like god i mean the movie has like i was there were so many scenes i was cracking up and i think a lot of the humor comes from like a lot of the juxta- juxtapositions with like the the kind of the bigger celebrities that are in the movie like uh like uh sean penn's character and tom waits character and like these kind of crusty older guys like the movie a lot of the movie tom is based waits around yeah and like elena Haim. what i love about Elena's character in this too is that like part of the reason she's drawn to 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 uh, gary and sort of this younger kind of adolescent way of you know getting in shenanigans is like whenever the film kind of broaches the adult world it's it's full of like abusers like assholes like elena's getting creeped on by crusty hollywood guys and like the movie's very conscious of her 
as this like young woman at a time where you know women are are like kind of being you know in, in entertainment especially are kind of being like treated as eye candy and kind of sexualized and you know the movie doesn't really pull punches with that i i was i was blown away by this movie and i think you know I, i've seen a lot of kind of takes some people think it's kind of maybe paul thomas anderson's one of his lester films i would probably say it's one of his best ones um, if not maybe one of the best like i think this is a movie that maybe like 10 15 years from now people are going to look back on a lot more positively they're not going to be so freaked out about a movie that's again it's it is like there's an age gap thing going on but like i kind of connected with it i saw a lot of alanis character in you know girls i met or my own my own future wife and i've you know i when i was a young man dating like that was a complicated world where I was dating like women older than me. And, you know, there's a lot of the movie kind of has mm. this energy of this time where you're you're kind of on the verge of being an adult, like out of high school, but you're not quite you're kind of in college. It's sort of this weird time period that I think a lot of people watch this movie, especially younger kids who are kind of, you know, the the, the letterbox film critics, they're being kind of cutting. And I'm like, I look back on it kind of wistfully. I'm like, I kind of remember that time and that energy. And I I, I just maybe kind of nostalgia kind of connected with that. And I, I just, yeah. I thought the movie was great. Incredibly, I think it's, it's, it's uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. I think his films age really well too, like Boogie Nights yeah. and like Magnolia and uh, Bunch Drunk Love too. So, I mean, I think, yeah, it might be one of those kind of, you know, modern classics you could say. And ni- nice to see a movie with like normal looking people. Like, I mean, Alana, she's, <laughs> she's very attractive, but I mean, like she is kind of like more, she's not like, uh, you know, Margot or Margot Robbie or whatever. And, and even like, uh, <laughs> you know, Cooper, Cooper Hoffman, he's just like his dad. He's kind of a husky boy. You know, this is like, this movie's an absolute win for us, you know, thick boys. So I thought that was good, but uh, yeah, it's like a, f- a film full of like normal looking individuals. And I, I'm like, we need more movies with like normal looking ass people, not just like, that's why I'm like so drunk when you watch some like movies, like in the eighties and seventies, like, that they, they you know they, you're looking at real people when you watch like a remake of those same movies in like the 2000s everyone is like ultra like attractive like you're like i don't yeah. believe that you're some homely woman when you like are, are a total smoke shore if you're like this yeah. homely guy it's who's a, like zero percent body fat yeah. yeah yeah like zach from playing Je- ted bundy it's like come on like <laughs> yeah like ted bundy wasn't that hot like i mean i guess he was yeah, kind of good looking but there was like he's yeah. just like ted bundy good wasn't like point. ted bundy good wasn't point. like on trend you know <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good point. Oh, but I, yeah, I, I, forgot. I, yeah. I, I sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying I, I love the movie. I didn't have much more to say. <laughs> I uh I forgot to mention one of my movies. Actually, this was a really weird movie that I came across because I was looking at John Lydon, Johnny Rotten's uh filmography for some reason, and he did this like really weird movie with Harvey Keitel in the 80s called uh Cop Killer. So I watched that oh, too. Yeah. It's also called Order of Death. I mean, it wasn't, a, it's a fucking weird movie. It's an Italian movie. And, you know, it's an Italian movie shot in New York. <laughs> and Ennio Morricone does the score, but I mean, oh. the score isn't very good. And it's like um, Harvey Keitel is like this cop, like a corrupt cop. And he takes uh, this guy who says he's a serial killer played by John Lydon hostage in his house. Um, and that's what the movie's about, basically. So it's actually like interesting. really interesting, but really boring. So, I mean, I lost interest, but I mean, the concept was kind of cool. And I wasn't sure if like, John Lydon, if he was like being playing himself or whether he was actually acting, because I'm like, that's a pretty good acting. I'm like, or is he actually acting? I don't know. <laughs> so cool, we're checking cool. out if you like Johnny Rotten, but <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, that was great. I think um, I, I'm trying to think what we were doing next episode. I think next episode is kind of corresponding with 
Valentine's yeah, Day. True so romance, we, I think. We're yeah. going to do true romance. You know, a true romantic Valentine's Day so movie. Romantic. We're going to talk uh, the classic, <laughs> I believe, Tony Scott film, uh, uh, True yeah, Romance. Written by Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, that's yeah. his first script. Right. Yeah. And uh, and yeah. some really great roles. I think uh, James Gandolfini's in that too, which is kind of like an early. Yeah. Gary yeah, Oldman like, and uh, All Star. I think, uh, um, what's his name? Um, we have another Elvis appearance too because uh, Val Kilmer plays Elvis, I think. Oh, that's one. right. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, yeah. that's right. Yeah, so a <laughs> uh, lot of great. Uh, I'm excited to chat that one. And uh, we've got some more stuff uh, coming up as well, too. Anything you guys want to mention to wrap up uh, before we, we conclude today? That's all plug? for me. Nope. Yeah, I'm just yeah. lazy Sunday for me, so not, nothing much. Um, yeah, anyways, thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll be back again next week. Uh, stay tuned, and uh, yeah, see you soon. Bye. Get your kicks.